Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Gavin Rutherford. It is Monday, April 25th. We are here live. It is a free-for-all. Phone lines are open. Calls are already starting to come in, so I don't need to tell you about that. We'll get to those calls here in just a little bit. The number to join us, 855-950-3835. So we're... uh, We're pushing the limits of our technology again. I needed a break this week. It's been a couple of hectic weeks. I spent an awful lot of time in the garage. I've turned more wrenches in the last month than I have in the last five years, probably. Uh, But it's all good. I think I've got most of the things taken care of. I may talk about that more later this week. But the uh, coach is running really, really well right now. But I'm just going to take a week, and uh, I'm back on the lake, parked in the woods. I'm going to take some downtime. I will be doing the show every day this week, but I'm pretty deep back into the woods. I'm on the lake, and I'm sitting outside underneath the awnings doing the show. So if our internet gives us some issues today, I've got plan B for the rest of the week. But uh, we'll see if this holds out. It's kind of nice sitting outside doing the show. You might hear some sounds of nature. I might have a squirrel nibbling on my toe. I may have to throw a squirrel on the Barbie later this week. Who knows? But uh, we'll see how it goes. Speaking of business, I like to study business. I like to study the business that I'm in. I like to study businesses that I might want to be in. And we are in the process of building a new business model. You know, for the last 15 years, our business was really built around our show on Sirius XM. And now we're building our own trucking network. We're going to be adding shows. We're looking for new hosts. So there's a lot going on. So, you know, I've been studying business and media and networks and podcasting and radio and looking for new ideas. And one of the stories that just absolutely fascinates me that's it's happening right now, um, CNN Plus. This is just a crazy story, maybe one of the biggest business failures I've seen in a long time. So CNN, a traditional media news outlet, they've been struggling for a couple of years. They're, they have tons and tons of debt. Their ratings have been in the toilet for a long time, and they seem to be getting worse. I'm not really sure what they were thinking. Um, Their shows and their hosts were not all that popular on traditional media, and somehow they thought that they could go build a streaming service instead. You know, the challenge with even doing what we're doing. On SiriusXM, it's easy to get new listeners. Lots of people have the radio. Every now and then they hear a show. They might stop to listen if you catch their interest. Um, We built a a very, very big tribe being on SiriusXM for 15 years. Now the challenge is building our own network. We have a lot more flexibility. We can get very creative. We can bring even better content. Uh, We can bring a better listening experience. We're already doing that, that with our app. Uh, Our app is in beta, by the way, and most of the feedback we're getting right now is very positive. We're also getting some great ideas uh, from the beta testers. So we know that we can really improve on the product and our service of what we've delivered. Our challenge is, 
it's much more difficult to grow. But we're pretty good at that, so I'm not too worried about that. But I, CNN started this streaming service. Um, I've seen estimates that they have spent over $300 million to get this service up and running. They claimed it would be the most historic thing that they have ever done. Uh, CNN's been around a long time now. They didn't even make it a month. After a couple of weeks, they announced they're shutting it down. Now, they're going to shut it down on April 30th. That'll be, I think, one month. $300 million. Um, They also lured in a lot of pretty big talent. One of the surprising people that moved over to uh, CNN streaming was Chris Wallace from Fox News. A lot of other really big names, and now they're just shutting it down. Wow. I mean, what a spectacular business failure that was. Pretty crazy. A um, couple other things. What something that I've been experiencing a lot on this trip, something I've talked about in the past, but I, I think it's going to become much, much more important. Uh, it already is. I get a lot of people who still want to be owner-operators. I'd love that. I've been telling people it's not quite the time right now. First time in uh, 30 years I've said, no, don't do it. I don't care how prepared you are. This is not the right time. It's the worst time I could ever think of to go buy equipment and become an owner-operator. But I don't think we're going to have to wait long for more opportunities. I'm thinking within the next six months, Things will break. There will be some great opportunities. I think there will be a time here soon where it will make sense to get into the business of trucking. Right now, things are just way too crazy. But six months is not long. Spend that time getting yourself prepared. Keep writing and rewriting your business plan. Keep reading and listening to good books on business. Look, listen to podcasts on business. Take my course, stop holding the steering wheel and start driving your business. You've, you've used that six months wisely. You know, get your finances in order. Think about maybe selling some things. Now's a good time to sell things, horrible time to buy things. So if you've got some vehicles, things that the price of everything is up. So take the time right now. If you want to be an owner operator, take the time right now and get prepared. And even though you might not have a truck, here's one of the steps I would be working really hard on. This is going to to move up the ladder of importance. Um, It may even become the most important thing for you to do if you want to be an owner-operator or if you already are and you haven't done this, I would get on this quick. And what I'm talking about is building a relationship with a shop. And there are still going to be issues. In fact, I would recommend one other thing. If you're not mechanically inclined, I would start learning. I would start taking courses. If you can find a local vocational school, even if they offer automotive mechanics, take it. You know, trucks and cars aren't all that different. 
once you know how to work on something, then it's not that hard to figure out how to work on something else that might be different. But get some experience if you don't have any. One of the things I'm going to start looking for, and I'd love to hear some feedback from you, the listeners, I'd like to find some good diesel mechanic courses online. I haven't even started looking yet, so I don't have a clue what's out there. If you know of something, um, message me on either one of the tribes, or you can send an email to support at Let's Truck. If you know of anything, I'd love to find some good courses. I think this is going to become critically important. In fact, it already is. Yeah, the last couple of weeks, I've spent a lot of time at Pittsburgh Power, and it uh, takes me back to my early days of owning a truck, because in the early days of owning trucks, I spent a lot of time in garages. I spent a lot of time working on my own equipment, and I, I built good relationships everywhere that I've been. I started trucking in Northeast Ohio, and that's just a, a hub of trucking. There's shops everywhere. Parts are easy to get. Um, back then, you know, getting your truck in and getting it fixed was just not that big of a deal. Today, it is becoming a huge issue with part shortages, mechanic shortages. Um, I just experienced it. Now, my situation's a little different. I might have a lot of the same components that a truck has, same engine, same differentials, same wheels and tires. Uh, a lot of the things are the same. But the people who work on trucks really don't want to work on RVs, and I know why. And the people who work on RVs aren't all that good at mechanical stuff most of the time. You know, they, they might be good on the house stuff, the plumbing, the electrical. Normally, I don't need a whole lot of help on that stuff. I can, I, I've always done most of that myself, or... It just goes back to the factory and the shop at the factory has done 90% of the work on this. But when I'm on these long road trips, this one especially, mechanical issues have been probably the number one thing I've had to deal with since I've been gone. What have I been on the road? Like seven weeks now? Maybe going on eight. Um, feels like uh, six months. But uh, I'm just at that time on the coach. I've got a lot of miles on it. It sat for two years, which wasn't good. And I kind of took off in a hurry on this trip. I knew I didn't have a lot of things done. I have not been able to get this thing worked on on the road, period. I just can't get it done. Um, most of the people that have RVs like this are usually retired. They're not in a big hurry. They don't put a lot of miles on them. Um, they don't really have to deal with this, and it's a good thing. Because I can tell you, there are very, very few places when you're on the road to get this thing fixed. So I've been doing most of the work myself. In fact, my new plan, and I've already started working on it, I am really upgrading tools. I, You know, I didn't buy a lot of the tools I would need to work on a lot of the stuff on this truck because um, I, I hadn't planned on doing it. I, you know, said a long time ago, I really didn't want to spend a lot of time turning wrenches. I have a lot of other things to do, but it, it's become a necessity. If I'm going to use this coach the way that I do and put all these miles on it and work and move from place to place, and I'm usually on a schedule and I have to book appointments ahead of time and I want to meet with people, you know, I'm, I'm kind of working my way back west now. Uh, I've met several people 
partners on this trip that's been awesome. Got to spend a lot of time at Pittsburgh Power. That was just a fantastic experience. Uh, And I plan on meeting a lot of uh, old partners and some potential new partners on the way back west. So with a schedule like that, I can't sit around for, you know, a week or two or a month waiting to get into a shop that may not be able to fix my problem anyway. I can't imagine what it would have been like if I would have had to find a shop to put this charger cooler in. It's one of the hardest jobs I've done in a very, very long time. But I was fortunate that I have the relationship with Pittsburgh Power and I had access to their place and Bruce has all the full hookups for RVs and right there in the lot. That was a a huge plus for me. And I was just able to take a bay and and, um, work on it as I could. And when I needed an extra set of hands, the uh, mechanics there were excellent. Um, A shout out to a couple of them that really went above and beyond. Ethan uh, stayed with me late a couple nights and really helped out with a lot of things. Uh, I spent a lot of time with... Jason and Rock working on the uh, charger cooler when I needed some help. Um, that that was a, uh, a, a real resource for me, and it, it helped me a lot, but I still had to do an awful lot of work. I If I needed a shop to have done this, I can't even imagine where or when I would have gotten it done. So think about that. If you own a truck or if you plan on owning a truck, Um, being able to do some work yourself and having the tools to do it, I think is becoming more and more important. And I read a, uh, an interesting article just this morning, uh, in CCJ about the average age of diesel technicians, not quite as bad as the average age of truck drivers, but they're not getting new technicians. The, um, the, uh, shortage of diesel technicians cracked the top 10 industry concerns for the first time last year. This is, we've talked about it on and off, but it's never been on the official top 10 list of issues or problems. It now is something you should really pay attention to. Hopefully this parts and supply shortage we're going through. I don't think this is going to last long. I don't know. But I think that the shortage of mechanics and good shops is going to be a problem for a long time coming. And think about this. You know, we've talked about um, possibly losing driving jobs to autonomous trucks here in the future. I don't see how, without major changes to the way our equipment is built, I, I don't even see how it could be done. This is one job you can't automate. You just can't automate mechanical repairs like this. You know, we we thought and we were told that the computer itself should troubleshoot and diagnose, and and that really doesn't happen. Uh, Every once in a while, you get lucky, and it actually gives you a code, and it, it saves you some time in troubleshooting. But nothing about fixing vehicles is automated or will be anytime soon, if ever. So keep that in mind. All right. Uh, I had some other things, but there are calls, so I'm going to get to the calls. We do have some lines open if you want to jump in right now. 855-950-3835 is the number to join us. Jump in. We're going to get started today in Texas. 
Greg, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Kevin. Glad uh, glad to be able to hear you again after so long. I have quit serious some time back and recently found, oh, I started my serious back up the, the day that they canceled you. Oh, boy. So, okay. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, so um, uh, I'll touch on your, your open a little bit. That's exactly how I am over the, especially with the way the, the rate the, the, the mechanic rates, shop rates have gone up so much and not to mention um, I moved about five years ago to um, an area where I have not been able to find a good mechanic so I've got a lot more tools, I've got, got air tools, I carry them in my truck and you know when I get home I do my own oil changes and you know whatever repairs that I'm able to do on my own Hey, speaking of that, you know what one of my favorite new tools is? What's that? The new electric impact wrenches. They are pretty awesome. Uh, I'm just too cheap. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I would be if I could, but trying to carry air tools with me and all the hose I need, and then I have to depend on the compressor in the truck, and what if you can't start the truck, which this last job I did, you know, once I got so deep into it, it was two or three days before I could start the truck again. So I started looking at that, and I thought, my God, air tools would be virtually worthless for me on the road. So yeah. I'm just going to have to, and you're right, if you get a, a three-quarter inch impact, the big one, it's electric, they are awesome but they're not cheap so i have a half and a three quarters but boy i've got a a, that half inch is a little compact man did that save me a ton of time on this job i do have a small one it came in a a dewalt set that i bought but other than that that, that's that's all but i maybe eventually i can i can afford to go that route um main reason i was calling though i had a couple of uh, uh health questions um so i was I've been on and off keto. Uh, I did real well on it for a while. Then I fell off and put all my weight back on and um, wanting to get back into it. I've got a lot of pains again, back pain, hip pain, shoulder pain. Um, and I actually did try, you know, keto. Now it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the, the keto, the, you know, necessarily NDK. I wasn't getting all grass fed, bastard. Right. meats and all and, and the pain didn't seem to go away now you know it only lasted a couple of you know i only did it for a couple of weeks and i still have problems with the digestion even though um you know i was taking the beta plus um so is there is there anything else and should i just start strictly carnivore I think if you can, carnivore is a great way to go. Now, speaking of the pain, it's it's interesting that you bring that up. Um, The last long road trip I did, I forget it was 2017 or 2018, um, I didn't prepare. I remember that. Yeah, I didn't prepare all that well food-wise. You know, Lisa and Diesel, we were all together. So, you know, cooking for two people, eating for two people. We ran out of our food pretty quickly and we were really busy we started eating out more and i was still eating keto but i was eating it at restaurants so we would call it dirty keto at that point and my ra actually came back 
And the other problem with eating out at restaurants, the quality of the meat and the quality of the oils. And I really thought it was the oils that were getting me. They fry in all the worst oils. All their food has the worst oils in it. And when I got back from that trip, I had markers of RA again. My shoulder was really hurting me. My hip was bothering me. Uh, And it took me a couple months to clear that up. So this trip, you know, it's a little easier. I was by myself. I brought a lot of food with me. Um, The first month on the road, I didn't eat out at all. Then I ate out a couple times because, you know, at the truck show and people invited me out. And But then I kind of ran out of the high quality meat and I could have ordered some more and had it shipped in, but I never knew where I was going to be and my schedule kept changing. So for the last, I'd say about three weeks, most of the meat I've eaten, and I'm eating carnivore, so I am eating a lot of meat. I'm eating fermented carnivore. Uh, most of it's just been coming from the grocery store and just this. So when you say fermented carnivore, hold on a second. No, that's okay. Let me come back to that. Don't forget that part. Um, I am shocked just, and I know part of it was all the work I was doing in the garage or in weird positions. I was under the coach or lifting stuff. My joint pain is back. It's not horrible yet, but the oh, fact wow. that I have any pain at my left shoulder is the first place I notice it. The fact that I have any pain at all shocked me. I just thought two or three weeks, I'm not eating out at restaurants. I'm not getting bad oils. So for me, it really does seem to be the quality of the meat, and it doesn't seem to take that long for me. Now, I'm going to switch over to eating a lot of seafood. Because good quality seafood is much easier to get. I already have a ton with me. I just haven't been eating it. Um, But I'm going to switch over because I don't like the fact that I'm starting to feel a little pain again. So for some people, that that quality of meat seems like it can be a really big issue. I'll definitely do that. uh, I know we used to buy from Butcher Box. I mean, I don't, you know, it's been quite a while. I mean, is there any better choices these days yeah butcher grassland beef butcher box was one of my first and i probably haven't bought anything from butcher box in almost two years um many many other sites that i like much better now grassland beef is a, a big one u.s wellness meats is another name for them um heritage foods um now i i will tell you this about heritage foods absolutely the best tasting meat i've had anywhere their pork is out of this world they they have heritage breed pigs and the flavor of their pork is just incredible their beef is pretty awesome i don't think i've i don't know if i've ever gotten any chicken from them or not but i will tell you this it is total sticker shock they are one of the most expensive places I've ever ordered from. So I get my pork from there. I get special cuts from there, but I, I'm not going to eat that stuff every day. It's just way too expensive for that. Um, Carter Country Meats for dry-aged beef. Their, their steaks are some of the best I've ever had. Uh, Polyface Farms, Joel Salatin. Um, I've been talking with him again recently. Um, he's got awesome quality. So, uh, who else? Corner post meets out in Colorado. We worked with for a little while. The, the options, um, Moink is, is, um, growing pretty fast. So the good news is these places are now 
everywhere. Eight years ago, we were struggling to find yeah. this stuff. Now, now it's much, much easier to find. You can find it in grocery stores, but honestly, I don't trust it. I, I you know, I've followed some of these yeah. brands. They're, they, they can say grass-fed all they want. Sometimes they even say grass-finished. I, I just really don't trust the grocery stores in that supply chain. So when it comes to meat, I'm just going to stick to buying direct. And then there's always the option, look for local farms. We're seeing more and more local farms all over the country that you may never hear of, but you may be able to buy from them locally. Yeah, I'll have to look into that as well. Then, so uh, I'm still on keto, but I've got uh, finally after two or three years of trying to talk my sister-in-law into trying keto because she's she's lived pretty healthy, uh, you know, as far as she tries to watch what she eats. She works out a, a lot you know she's not big now you know years ago she was she got well over 300 pounds um but every year at the beginning of the year at the gym she works out at they do a challenge um and because she listens to the trainer so much and he's so much against keto she wasn't interested in it finally talked her into it this year and she is completely sold she, <laughs> you know, she loves it loves how she feels Good. loves the results that she's getting so she's um it's, a, it's about a three-month challenge and they've got two weeks left um my question would be for her you know obviously in the last two weeks she wants all the results because there's you know there's a big payout at the end right and you know not to mention just the pride of, of being the winner um you know one, you know two things would a longer maybe two or three day fast be a good idea. Now she works out an hour a day, six days a week, um, 30 minutes of strength training and 30 minutes of high interval training. Um, you know, so with that and also would, you know, going to strictly carnivore help her. And, you know, when, when you say carnivore, does that include like fish as well? Yes, absolutely. In fact, the, the best carnivore diet would include lots of seafood and lots of organ meats so liver heart any organ meats you can get any seafood you can get the the best carnivore diet would include both of those those are the most nutritious you know most of the cuts we eat steaks chops roasts they're not the most nutritious part of the animal now they taste good and i'm certainly not going to stop eating them i eat a lot of them but the best carnivore yeah. diet would include that. And I, I know earlier you had a question about uh, fermented carnivore. Yes. Yeah, I was wondering if that was, when you say fermented carnivore, because I've heard you talking about possibly in the future for, for fermenting meat. But when you say fermented carnivore right now, are you talking about fermented vegetables? Yes. Along yeah. with carnivore? Yep. Okay. Yeah, okay. adding adding some fermented vegetables, yogurt, kefir, kombucha, things like that for, you know, lots and lots of good gut bacteria. And, uh, yeah, I am going to look at fermenting meat and seafood, just um, not till I get home from this trip. So I, I just think that uh, yep. there's a lot of benefits to adding fermented food. I have a feeling as hunter-gatherers, we didn't have refrigeration. Most of our food probably fermented on its own. We probably got a lot of yep. bacteria from our food where we don't today. Our food supply is so sanitized. So that's kind of my thought process behind that getting a lot of good bacteria in that I think we're missing in our diet today. Now, here's the thing. 
you know, with only two weeks left in this challenge, every now and then I see people make a change that works for a lot of people, doesn't work for them. We don't know why. So I would almost be afraid to try anything new with only two weeks left. Honestly, what is, how, how do they judge the winner? Is it just on weight loss? It's just, it's just appearance. So it, it, it's before and after. So yeah, they, they take pictures of, you know, day one of the challenge uh, and, and numbers. I mean, it kind of goes off of both, but I think, you know, the bigger one is, is the, the pictures and, and, okay. you know, your, your appearance, which, you know, everyone has really noticed hers, you know, I mean, you know, so, mind you, like this, she wasn't heavy to begin with and she's lost. I think around 25 pounds and over 10% body fat. Okay. Um, so so I, she's definitely been successful. If it's just pure appearance, well, not pure appearance, but if that's a big part of it, I would say that I would, um, I would probably try carnivore. The reason being is meat is the least inflammatory food in our diet and even a little bit of inflammation can make you look a little puffier than normal one of the things i notice when i start eating strict carnivore i look leaner even if i don't really lose any weight i look a lot leaner i see more definition so i i think that would be the one safe thing she could try is just go pretty strict carnivore okay I will definitely let her know, Kevin. I appreciate everything you do for us, and um, I've been doing some shopping in your store, trying to you know help help y'all out and all. You know, you've helped me out quite a bit over the years. I mean, I started listening to you back in two thousand eight, wow. uh, two thousand nine, whenever fuel prices, yeah, when they went up so high, and um, you know that's when I learned to slow down. And you know, it's like you say before, some of the things that you suggest to some people doesn't necessarily fit everyone. You know, my operation has um, been a little different than, than a lot. So I, it depends on fuel prices. You know, uh, if slowing down makes sense. Correct. Uh, right now, it absolutely does. Yep. Um, uh, but, you know, that's one thing that you taught me early on. I mean, I just became an owner-operator in, in, in 06, you know, and, and my first year or so before I started listening to you, you know, uh, my costs were a lot, you know, a lot higher than, you know, what they are because uh you know the biggest thing was the fuel mileage you know and of course obviously you know the the you know everything else that that you taught us over the years and you know, i just want to say you know really appreciate it i love the new format i sure yeah. hope it works out you know better for y'all love no commercials and you know the you know now we'll be getting more shows so there you go thanks a lot and i will uh continue calling and supporting y'all Thank you. Appreciate the support. We are also very happy with the new format. We love the app. When you, when you see the app and you get to start using it, you're going to be blown away by the how much better the listening experience is going to be now. Let's, uh, let's continue on. Let's go to Virginia this time. Steve, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, uh, I guess I got to wash your grapes for a minute, and then I got a question. Uh, I couldn't do the things I'd do if I had never met you. I just want to say that to everybody. Oh, hey, now I know and, who this uh, is. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> you think I'm Steven. Ah, you know, I'm getting older. Uh, yeah, we all are. 
Uh, hey, so, but, but you uh, know I, what? I do have a, go you, ahead. You know what? That's way better than the alternative. Well, yeah, sometimes that can be debatable. Depends <laughs> on how long you've been married. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to touch that one. I understand. <laughs> so, hey, I got a question on my M14 here. Sure. Uh, so I stepped back and I bought a 98 classic. I know you don't like the classic, but you know, with what I do, it doesn't matter to me. Right. Uh, and I put a six foot drum box on it so I could just haul more stuff. Cause I just go out and I come back. There's not a load. Then I just drive home empty. I don't care. So anyway, I, I slid, uh, I'm, I'm on this project right now. And so I had to slide my fifth wheel back and I actually used that Milwaukee impact wrench you were talking about. And I'll tell you, there was only three bolts I had to heat to move that whole fifth wheel assembly back. So those things are definitely worth their weight in gold. I agree. But more to the, more to the point, I'm, uh, I'm pretty heavy, heavier than I've ever been anything hauling household goods. And uh, this summer I plan on being this weight. I'm, bumping up on 80,000 pounds. I plan on being this weight this summer hauling furniture. Okay. The N14, I got, a, I got no history on it. I mean, it leaks oil like a sieve, so I do put oil in it. But I want it, in theory, if my crank case pressure is high, that would force oil out of the N14, correct? Um, yeah, but that's not the worst. That's not really what we're looking at when we're looking at crankcase pressure. What, what crankcase pressure is telling us is that the rings and the, the liners are wearing out because it's allowing, that's where the pressure comes from. It comes from the combustion being able to get past the rings and it creates that pressure in the crankcase. So yeah, you might get more oil out the blow by in that, but what we're really more worried about is if the compression can get past the rings, then the oil can also get past the rings, and then you're going to be burning more oil. I think I'm I think I'm leaking more oil than I'm burning, to be honest with you. I'm I'm sure so, I'm burning it. So but, how often do you have to put in a gallon? Uh I guess probably about 4,000 miles. Oh, yeah. You're not leaking that much. Not even close. Yeah, hey, I didn't think so. You, you know, here's a good experiment to try. Because a lot of people, this seems to be a really common thing. We see oil. And I mean, you can see some what we would call pretty big leaks. And it's probably not even... Well, I would say it's not even probably four or five ounces in 4,000 miles. Try this one time if, if you want to understand. Just take a gallon of oil and pour it out on the ground somewhere. Think, think about what a gallon of oil on the ground looks like. It's everywhere. It, uh, so we're not leaking that much oil. The worst engines I've seen. When I used to have, you know, two-stroke Detroit's. They leaked like a sieve, but they didn't leak anywhere near a gallon in 4,000 miles. So when you've got that kind of oil consumption, that truck's ready for an in-frame. Oh, I know it. I've already talked to Pete about it, but you know, I got, I got to get through harvest season first. I, know. I just keep putting oil in it. Yeah, and that's fine. You know what I'm saying? Are you putting Lucas in it? I am. Oh, good. Yeah. You're good. Without a doubt. Yep. Good. I, I, you know, it'll so, probably so get, I, get you through. 
you know, so, so, but I got three heads. So, so if I added more blow by tubes, would that help any? No, no, nothing's really going to help here. Um, like I said, that the, the crankcase pressure and what might be coming out the blow-by tubes of the leaking is not the big issue here. In fact, you could live with those leaks for two, two million miles and it wouldn't really hurt anything. It's the fact that the cylinder right. kits are, are worn out and, you know, you're at 4,000 miles. You're almost at the bottom. I think it's you're, you're going to get through this just fine. Just keep dumping, you know, plain old Rotella would be the oil I would use, and, you know, a gallon or two of Lucas every time you... Ch- Honestly, I'm not even sure that I would change your oil much. I would change the filters yeah, because you're putting so much fresh oil in it. Why bother? I was thinking that. Yeah, why I'm bother? Glad you pointed that out. Yeah, change the filters and keep putting... You know, I would probably alternate two gallons of oil, a gallon of Lucas, two gallons of oil, a gallon of Lucas, and change the filters every fifteen or twenty thousand miles, and I wouldn't do any more oil changes. Okay, sounds good. I greatly appreciate your time, Kevin. Hey, Thanks hey, for all you do. Hey, hey, first off, I'm I'm looking at the uh, the picture of your truck in this trailer. This is a pretty awesome deal you're on here. Congratulations. Yeah, I mean, I'm I actually cried to be honest with you. I'll bet this is this is exciting. That's a big deal. I'd love to be able to meet up with you yeah. somewhere. All right, tell me where you're at. I'll come right now. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm in Ohio, but let's stay in touch, and I'm going to be working my way west, and if there's a way we could cross paths, I'd love to. All right, that sounds good, brother. All right, take care. You too. All right, all right, over. All right, let's... Uh, Let's see. We are going to head off to Missouri this time. Andrew, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for taking my call. What's on your mind today? Well, um, I, uh, I, I recently moved from northern Illinois down to western Kentucky. And we get this little newspaper once a week in the mail. And there was an article in there that there's an electric vehicle plant that's coming, or electric vehicle battery plant that's coming to Bowling Green, Kentucky. Okay. Supposed to be a $2 billion plant to employ 2,000 people, but it didn't specifically say, you know, if it's going to be for trucks or cars or but I, I thought maybe that was going to be a, you know, one step closer you know, push for these electric cars. Oh, oh, they're 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 coming. They're here. Um, you know, one of the commercials. It, a lot of times during the day, I just leave the TV on, kind of in the background, and you know, scroll through some news channels while I'm working. And um, boy, Chevy is pushing their new pickup truck hard. Uh, fully electric pickup truck, four wheel steering. Um, 400 mile range i think they're they're going after tesla's uh, cyber truck um every every single manufacturer now has an electric vehicle that will be out soon a couple of the manufacturers have said before 2030 they'll be fully electric this is going to happen way faster than i think most people thought 
Yes, and I, I saw that Chevy um, pickup, and actually, I I thought that it said it was supposed to have close to a six hundred mile range on it. Maybe it does. Maybe I maybe I'm getting it confused with something up. But you know, four hundred miles is a lot of range. You know, I, I, think about it. How yeah. many times in a year do you drive more than four hundred miles in a shot? Yeah, on a personal vehicle, it's not that common. I mean, unless you're going on vacation, probably never. No, no, and then that new Ford Lightning that they're supposed to—that's uh, coming out. You know, they—I was reading an article on that where if you lose power in your house, you can plug the truck into your house, <laughs> and on—you know—you're not going to be able to run your AC or your heat. But it said, you know, it, it should. Uh, be able to power your house for i think two and a half days you know if we think about this and and i know there's all there are still a lot of concerns there's no doubt about it we we there are some places where the grid is not ready for this but there there is not a single problem we can't overcome and money will overcome it and people seem to be willing to spend a lot more on electric vehicles um so but if we think about this, if we took and built a house and we put a full solar roof on it, Tesla makes some beautiful solar roofs, and we even put in, a, if you live in an area with decent amounts of wind, where I live, I have tons of wind, put in some wind generators up on the top, wire it, you know, understanding that, that we're going fully electric, now your car is electric, you become your own power station and it's easy to swap power back and forth, much easier than trying to swap gas. You know, if, if my weed eater runs out of gas, but my lawnmower has some, do I really want to try siphoning the gas out of there to get my weed eater to run? Hell no. Um, I might in Not an really. emergency, but when is weed eating ever an emergency? But with all these electric tools and electric appliances and electric cars and I, you just, it's easy to swap, you know, batteries fit into different things. It's not that big of a deal. You're right. This, this, uh, an electric vehicle is going to have big batteries. You could run just about everything in your house for quite some time other than maybe heating and air conditioning. Uh, it's, uh, the, the future looks pretty exciting once we solve some of these problems and, and we're already heading that way. So we'll just continue to solve these problems as we go. Yeah, it's 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 going to be the wave of the future. And and think about this. As long as they get the infrastructure, we'll be just fine. I I just wonder this: Why, when you look at all the pickups on the market today, do any of them have that pass-through bed kind of idea? I don't think so. None that I'm aware of. And I I wonder why. Is it something structural because of the drive line has to run through there? But now. You look at these pickup trucks that are coming out. The the cyber truck was like this. The uh, Silverado. The you fold down the front of the bed and you extend right into the cab. The the um, the Rivian truck had all kinds of strange compartments that you never see on a pickup truck today. And I have to believe that once you get rid of that engine and that drivetrain and the whole platform of the vehicle is just battery, you can build all kinds of crazy stuff on, on that now. So much more flexibility. 
yeah, and you, then you got a lot more cargo space also. Exactly. There you go. Yeah, and it, talk about torque. Um, there, these things are just loaded with torque. And, you know, I know Honda played around one of their vehicles, had four-wheel steering for a couple of years, I forget. It was a while back. Um, but for some reason, the four-wheel steering never caught on. Well, it, why did Silverado put it in this pickup truck? It must be much easier to do now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think they had that back in the early 2000s also. There was a select few pickups that had four-wheel steering. Yeah, it didn't last. Something There must have been some issues and problems, and, you know, drive lines were different. You got differentials, and, and there's a lot of other things going on. But I have to believe if they put it into the Silverado that it must be a lot easier and it must function better. And, you know, you look at the ability now, Technically, we could build vehicles with four electric motors at each wheel position, and the amount of control you can have over an electric motor is just incredible. Absolutely, and I and and if I'm not mistaken, that Chevy pickup also said that it was supposed to have like a a twelve thousand pound rating towing capacity. I'm sure. Now, I'm also sure that if you pull 12,000 pounds, your range is going to be significantly reduced, but that's no different than a diesel or a gas. I mean, your fuel mileage goes to hell when you pull, you know, what they're capable of pulling. Um, the only difference is oh, there, yeah. there are gas stations on every corner. At some point, we'll have yeah. better charging stations and better charging technology. So we're not, we're nowhere near being there yet, but I, I think it's going to come way faster than everybody thought. Yeah, I, 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 I guess I kind of hope it does. You know, it's, I, I, I mean, I, it, it, it's coming. We're not going to stop it. I wish we could take the politics out of it. I don't know why the whole electric vehicle thing became so political that, you know, it's the it's a far left idea to save the planet and all that crap. First off, I have no idea whether electric vehicles are any better for the planet than internal combustion. They're different. You know, yes, the vehicle itself puts out no emissions. Well, that to me does seem like a huge improvement. We have, you know, what? hundreds of millions of vehicles on the road all spewing out pollution well i'd rather not breathe that stuff if i don't have to even if we have to have a whole bunch of coal-fired power plants well at least we put the pollution in one place it's better than having it everywhere so as far as air pollution clearly electric vehicles are going to be a huge improvement now mining for all of these you know exotic metals that the batteries we require right now i get it that's not very good for the planet i understand that we have to figure out how we're going to dispose of all these dangerous batteries that's probably not good for the planet i get that so i i don't know which one's overall better but i also know that we've had a hundred plus years to improve internal combustion engines and how much more can we do and electric hasn't been around that long and look at how impressive it is already yes hey i got another question for you since you do a lot of research 
Have you heard any more about that battery, that solid state battery that Toyota's supposed to be coming out with? Nothing new. I haven't seen any new articles on it, but boy, if they if they pull that off, that will be the game changer, no doubt. So is it? Well, do you know? Is that something like? Like the Maxwell battery, does it have like capacitors in it? Or I, I, no, I, I well, I, I shouldn't say. I don't understand this technology that, at that level enough to really say that. But I, you know, my my only real analogy that kind of might help is, you know, computers and a lot of them still do have physical hard drives where we have to write the data onto spinning disks. Um, and those have been replaced by solid state drives where nothing moves. And the solid state drives are so much better. I mean, it was a huge improvement in computer technology. So I, I'm kind of, that's about the best analogy I have. Okay. You know, it's not so much right. of a physical storage of energy it's and the maxwell and capacitors are kind of like that they store static electricity it's the the way i kind of understand it but uh some of this technology is a little beyond me yeah me too so i'll, I'll keep reading and well, I'll, uh, i will let you go there you go yeah. i'll uh, i'll try to well, I do. I stay on top of this stuff, and uh, it is pretty exciting. But the vehicles, I think, are going to come pretty hot and heavy here. Let's go to Texas, oh, Wisconsin. Tim, welcome to the program. Uh-oh, hold on a second. Let me try that again. Tim, what's on your mind? Kevin, today? how you doing? Good. Hey, uh, hey uh, a few years ago, do you remember when you made that challenge to people about, you know, spending more time reading? Do you remember that? Yes. So, uh, I've done that, and uh, I'm not at your level yet, but I'm approaching 50 books I've read on diet and nutrition wow. and that. That's um, impressive. I do have a... Yeah, I, I don't drive over the road anymore, but I have a job now, my own business, where I can listen as I'm working, which is really good. And Oh, I read a bunch of different things, but I average probably, you know, a couple books a week, you know, maybe oh, three books a week. And that's fantastic. Nice thing is that I can go back and re-listen to them and... But here's what I found. I first off, I have a background, a medical background. Um, I, so you know, when it comes to medical books, I fully understand them. Um, so here's the issue that I found with a lot of these books, um, and, and you know, part of the problem is trying to educate people. And um, and I've done this test a few times. I right? over the years now, I've. Uh, suggested to people to try to read, you know, educate themselves, and some people that are fairly educated, and uh, and thankfully they have, and you know, in, in, in read some of these books. But what I have found is, even though you can read these books, if you can't comprehend or understand what's being written, um, it, 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 you know, it, it, it doesn't really help you know, someone to read a book if they don't really understand it. And um, it would be interesting 
if there was another approach we could take to educate people because that's the only way you're ever going to get people to change is that they have to first want it and they need to educate themselves. But if the material out there to educate them is above their comprehension, I, I think that's an issue. Uh, I don't disagree with you. I've read some of these books and I've had a hard time comprehending some of the stuff, but you've got a medical background. Let me run something by you and, and tell me what you think of this theory. So when you start reading some of these medical books and we start talking about mitochondria and we start talking about, you know, how this nutrient can do that, but then when it interacts with this nutrient or that, I, I mean, it gets outrageously complicated sometimes. And, you know, sometimes I start to get overwhelmed with it. But I really got thinking. Um, the human body is incredibly complex. I mean, when you start trying to study biology and physiology, and I, my, my, I'm fairly intelligent. I, my reading comprehension is pretty strong, but I can get overwhelmed with this stuff. So I got thinking. Do we, does the average person really need to understand any of that? I, I, can, I, I made this statement, and I think the first time I made nope. it, I had uh, Dr. Davis on the show with me. And I said, look, I said, you've been through medical school. I, I, some of the stuff you had to study, I can't even get my head around. I said, but as wildly complicated as the human body is, our owner's manual should only be one page. You, you're exactly correct. And that's the problem with a lot of these books. So, and you are, you are right. You are, uh, you know, I've listened to you for many years, I, you know, probably 10, 12 years now. And uh, you are, you're an educated person. You have a good background um, and you understand things. Um, so now take those books that are written, like you said, do they need to go that deep? They don't, but they all do. And what happens to someone that can't understand that, they shut off. So they, their brain, because they don't understand it, and then it becomes disinterested, then they just shut off. And, you know, in today's world, you know, everybody wants to be told what to do, right? They don't want to, right. you know, right. they want you to say, hey, hey Kevin, <laughs> uh, how do I eat? You know, tell me how I need to eat. They don't want to go do the work. And, um, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like you said, it, it's way too complicated. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm a geek. I love reading that stuff. It's very interesting to me. But for 99.9% .9 of people, it, it, they don't need to know that. No, you, you don't. You, um, you, but but here's, here is the problem with, with this theory that you and I are talking about right now because it should just, it should just be this easy. I mean, let's think about it. Human beings have been on this planet. I don't care what your religion is. We've been on this planet a very, very long time. There was a time when we were way, way healthier than we are today. We didn't have all these diseases. We didn't have 32 new drugs hitting the market every week. None of this stuff existed. People lived healthy. They had all their teeth. They didn't get cancer hardly ever. They didn't know any of this stuff. They didn't know that we had organs inside of our body. I mean, they knew nothing, and yet they were healthy. That's how simple this should be. Our world has gotten so screwed up that that's not the case anymore. And here's the problem. 
in order for somebody like me or you or anybody else to educate people on saying, hey, look, there's books out there. It's really complicated. You don't need to know all that stuff. All you need to do is this. That's simple. The problem is they have to trust you because there's 82 other people saying something completely different. Right. And there, therein lies the problem. So how do you get someone to trust you? They don't. They will trust someone that's got the word MD, you know, the initials MD, that tells you to, you know, eat grains and everything right. else. Don't trust that person. Right. But if you, you know, you've read over a couple hundred books, you could write your own book just based on the books you've read. And they will not believe you, although you have much more credentials because you're a functional nutritionist. But for the average guy, I've always said this, just because you're a doctor, the only thing that that means is that you went and passed classes and got a degree. Well, I am I am certain there are people in the intelligence and understanding because they read and they educate themselves and they don't have any degree. Well, I, the, the, people, one thing, the one thing you said that I may disagree with, um, I don't think that most people trust me because I read the books or because I have some credentials as a nutritionist. or, or I, I don't think that's why they trust me. I think they trust me because I've been doing this for a long time, whether it was on taxes or financial planning or fuel mileage or now health or whatever, and we get results. And we just stick to it. You know, I just keep saying the same stuff over and over and over. And eventually people try it. And then they call in and say, hey, you know what? It works. And but look at how long well, that takes. You're right. Right. No, you're, you're right. And I don't I'm not taking that away. I didn't mean it the way that. No, sounded. But the, the credentials help. You, yeah. Yeah. No uh, doubt. To do that. And, and, and along with your history, I mean. You know, basically everything you say, I mean, most people that follow you would agree with a lot of things that you say, especially in health. And that's just, you know, because like you said, you've been doing it and, every, you know, it, it, and it's proven. But, uh, you know, that's the interesting thing is how do you get more people to just educate themselves or to believe in, you know, I just say look at the population. I mean, there's your answer. Just oh. look at people. Oh. That's all you have to do. So whatever word, whatever. Yeah, go ahead. Speaking uh, to another funny thing, because, uh, I, you know, there's people that believe that man's only been on the planet for 3,500 years. So that's that's a whole nother right. interesting thing when it comes to, right. uh, you know, yeah. with evolution. But in our generation, you and I are the same age. Our generation and our kids' generation has gone through the worst time in nutrition the ever. Worst, the worst, the worst, by far, by far. And yeah, what's, the worst. what's scary is each subsequent generation now, it's, it's getting worse if we don't figure out a way to turn this around. And I'm not sure there is a way to turn it around. Big pharma, big agriculture, big government, big food. They've got so much power. They control the media because they spend gazillions of dollars on advertising. Um, What did I just read this morning? Oh, um, one of the more traditionally 
trained scientist. He works at a university, two universities. Um, he just did a deep, deep dive into the vaccine and the injuries that it caused and the deaths that it caused. Now, this is not one of the, you know, typical blogger kind of, you know, might people might scream anti-vaxxer kind of thing. This guy in the beginning of COVID was 100% on board with everything they were saying, the vaccine, the whole shot. He finally decided to go do the research and he was shocked at what he found. Nobody will publish his papers. Nobody. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, in, in a lot of the books that you and I have read, you know, the, the human body is capable of evolving and eventually they say that we will be able to eat that diet. But, you know, they're talking, you know, how many generations? 100,000 years? Right. Uh, right. But look at all yeah. the death and suffering. Look at all the suffering that people are going to have to go through to get to that point. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's just a sad thing. You, you, know? Know what I, you know what I just watched over the weekend that absolutely shocked me? Have you ever seen the show My 600-Pound Life? Yeah. So yeah. I, I was watching it this weekend, and I've watched it before in the past. Every now and then I'll tune in because I'm just fascinated by that whole thing, and, and there's so many things wrong with the whole process. But the funny thing was I watched like three episodes back-to-back. Two of the episodes, the people were over 700 pounds. They're going to have to change the name of the show here pretty soon because people are now hitting 700 pounds. One of them was a former truck driver. At 450 pounds, he was still driving a truck until he tried to climb up in the truck one day and his legs collapsed and he fell back out of it. And he ended up being over 700 pounds. Now, there was another lesson I thought in there. When they go in to, to qualify for the surgery, the first thing the doctor always tells them is you're not ready. You need to prove to me that you're you're, you're a good candidate, so you have to lose 100 pounds in the next 60 days. And they do it. Well, why the hell don't they just keep doing what they're doing? If you can lose 100 pounds in two months, why don't you just keep doing that? Why do we go in and cut them open and start taking out organs? Because you can't make money doing that. Good point. I mean... I, I don't understand they that. Actually, you, they, they, they actually, they're actually giving them pretty good nutritional advice now. They want them to go high protein, low carb. High protein, low carb works. So does high fat, low carb. It, they work. It, it's, and they, it, they prove it works. Yeah. These people lose weight. Well, just keep doing that yeah. then. You know what, uh, Kevin, you know what drives me crazy? You know that in today's world, you know, oh, everybody's entitled to their opinion. You know, back in the day, opinion used to be, uh, hey, uh, the best rock band in the 70s was Led Zeppelin. That's opinion, right? right? Now, today, people are basing their opinion, they're making medical statements on opinion, and they're denying all the facts. How do you deny the facts? I, I know. The science. I well, I, I, I just, I don't agree with that, and I'm entitled to my opinion. Well, you're entitled to your opinion, but you're not entitled, you know, to your own facts. I, I agree. It, it's the craziest thing. I, I, I believe yeah. that, Crazy. I, I believe that Hart's version of Stairway to Heaven is the best ever. 
I mean, I, you and I are the same, you know, same age. And uh, but it's it's funny. Hey, one last thing, I'm going to tell you something about the electric cars. You're going to laugh when I tell you this. So uh, I I love the technology. I think it's cool. Um, I like Elon Musk. You know, Elon Musk came out and you know his his fix for the um, grid is each home will be its own grid. That's his fix. I right? love that idea. So this yeah. So this happened in a suburb in Chicago. So I have a relative that went in and test drove an electric car. So he goes out, salesperson, you're talking, and oh wow, beautiful car. So salesperson says, yeah, we had a little bit of a problem. What's the problem? Well, in a particular subdivision, there was an overabundance of electric cars, so they wound up blowing the transformer up in that subdivision. So it turns out power company came after the people with the electric cars and sued them, and then the people that got sued wound up suing the electric company, and that's where it stands. Oh so that is... That is a, I have a couple friends that sell uh, high-end electrical stuff to, to cities and that. That is the major problem, but I love the technology, and if Elon Musk can come up with the idea, you know, each residence will be its own grid. That's where it's probably going to be. You know, one of the things, I, I've, I've really thought long and hard about electric vehicles, and, you know, I, I have the advantage of being able to come on the air, and then people respond to me, so I get all of their thoughts and ideas. But uh, there was one I had never thought of, and nobody brought up, and I don't even, I just saw this recently, I don't even remember where. Um, one of the challenges will be apartment complexes. Yep. I never thought about that. Yeah. That you're, yeah, so, so yep. we, we definitely still have some challenges. There's no doubt whatsoever. But let's think about this. You know, when when the, the first, uh, what the hell did they call Horseless carriage, right? That's what they called the first car with an engine or whatever it might have been. Um, did, did anybody yep. ever believe there would be hundreds of millions of vehicles on the planet? No nope. way. Nope. No way. Nobody nope. would have ever been able to even, you know, even imagine something like that. So we keep hearing, oh, the grid, the grid. Well, the grid is what it is because it's all we've needed. We, why would, why yep. would we have a grid that could handle hundreds of thousands of electric vehicles or millions of electric vehicles when we didn't have millions of electric vehicles? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a few weeks ago, or maybe a few months ago, you had a guy recommend a book to you called The Mortal Case for Fossil Fuel. Uh, I read it. I think, I, I don't know that you read that book yet. I haven't. But if you haven't, I would I would read that starting today. Okay. It is a great, it is a great book, and it's not a political book, but it, uh, That's all I'll say. It is a Uh, great book. It explains the whole process of why we are where we're at with that. It's it's an amazing book. I think that was Matt that recommended that. But I'm gonna. I am gonna read it. Two people recommend a book, then I definitely have to go do it. 
Yeah. Here's the funny thing that you never hear. The only thing today that you hear about fossil fuel on any news channel anywhere is how bad it is, right? Well, how come they never talk about how good it is? Well, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean... <laughs> The only thing they ever talk about, and and basically the motive of these people that are pushing this, it's not, their motive is what's best for the planet, it's not what's best for the human race. That's the difference. Well, and... And And when you wonder... You know, let's go back to how complex things, some things can be. And the human, we talked about how complex the human body is. How complex do we think the damn world is? I, you know, I've said many yep. times, of course the climate's changing. It's been changing forever. It's not going to stop. Of course human beings affect that change. How could there be billions of people on the planet doing what we do and not have an impact? I've never argued any of those things. What I argue is all the stupid things we think we can do to stop it when we don't even understand it. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, that's our arrogance, you know, speaking. Yeah. Hey, we didn't make it, but we can change it. We can yeah, right. It, right, right. Yeah. So. Yep. All right. But, uh, no, great, great book. And uh, I think you really, it, it'll just open your eyes. You know, everything you've learned about, you know, diet, it's the same. It'll have the same effect I, on you. You go like, holy cow, never even thought of that. I need something like that right now. I'm, I'm getting a little, I'm, struggling to read right now. I'm kind of in a reading slump, so I think I need something new. This just might be the book. You you won't you won't put it down, I'm telling you. You'll Good. read it to the end. That's how interesting it is. Good. So anyway, hey, that's all I have and uh again, thank you for everything that you do. And um you know, everybody I'm sure appreciates it, that's for sure. Thanks. All right. One more call and we're gonna wrap this up for oh, maybe two more calls. Uh, let's go to Texas. Fred, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, good to speak with you again. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. What's on your mind today? Oh, well, uh, real quick comment. I saw the Rivian up in Ohio on the road. What a cool looking truck that is. You know, that's a really good looking truck in person. I, I'll, I'll bet. I, um, I saw one on the road, too. I was shocked. I didn't know there were that many around on the road. But um, when you start thinking about the possibilities of how different, well, just think about this. And I've said this before. In my lifetime, there have been almost no new successful car companies started from scratch. You know, you could say, well, Acura, right. well, Honda started Acura, and, and come on, those were, yeah. that's that's different. Yeah. Lexus it, and Infinity it, and all that stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, those aren't yeah. new car companies, it, but, you know, what was their DeLorean? That one didn't make it. Um, the couple attempts that people have tried didn't succeed. In a hundred years, we've hardly had any new car companies. But all of a sudden, because of electric... The Yugo almost made it, Kevin. The, the Yugo almost made it. The, 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 almost. <laughs> You're right. Almost. Uh, yeah. Uh, but all of a sudden, because of electric, new car companies are popping up everywhere. Because most of the time they're technology companies. Yeah, and that's the difference here. And because 
to build an electric vehicle is much, much simpler than building an internal combustion vehicle. Right. Right. And and the thing is, they're, they're making them look like the because people are accustomed to the mainstream. So a pickup's looking like a pickup, a car's looking like a car. Um, eventually we're going to, we're going to deviate from those models, I think. Well, I think so too. I think you'll start to see some pretty crazy stuff. Right, right, right. Um, reason I'm calling is, um, I, I listened to an economist and I've listened to this woman, but she's older. Uh, I don't know how old, but she's probably around. Um, she, uh, she's an economist. She was on one of the business channels this morning and, she um, she feels that uh, what they're calling for is uh, a global recession, but not a recession here in the states. But it's going to be a very traumatic slowdown to a half to one percent of GDP. If anyone's trying to kind of comprehend this, last year we grew at six six percent GDP. Wow! So it's going to be a tremendous slowdown. It's going to be a tremendous slowdown. She also mentioned in her, her analysis that they're looking at the trucking sector because a lot of the supply chain, a lot of the, a lot of the inventory has been fulfilled and have a surplus now and that the supply chain is going to be fine and that the extended, the, extended, uh, the enhanced wages that they had to dole out over the next last couple of years are really going to come back to to bite the companies because with the slowdown and and cost of products are going to have to come down it's really going to damage our industry you know and you've been saying this you've been saying this i mean and this is just and this this woman her name is nancy pangler she works for center uh counterpoint macro or something like that or center point macro center she's point, an economist think, yeah. that's been pretty spot on yeah She's been spot on a lot. I, I, I read her stuff not every day or by any, I don't even know if she has anything every day, but I read her stuff and I, and every time she's on, I try to pay attention to what she says. And she has her, her her and her team, I guess, has a finger on the pulse. Yeah, it sounds like it. And she does write good stuff. Here's what I wonder. If you go from 6% growth to half a percent, are we just splitting hairs to say that's not a recession? Well, I mean, she just thinks that that some of the <clears throat> some of the fundamentals are still okay as far as the economy, but it's going to be a tremendous slowdown, and it's going to and, you know it's going to it's going to be painful. And here's know, the other thing we've always kind of known, and I, I know these things can change over time, but trucking's a leading economic indicator. If trucking gets hit hard, right. then the economy gets hit hard. Right. Right. So, yeah. I, so I, she I, said, you know third and fourth quarter of these earnings are really going to start showing, showing the, 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 the cracks in the economy. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I, you know, here's, here's the thing. Um, we don't need to know exactly how bad it's going to be. We know things are going to get tough. So everybody should just be doing the, the smart stuff when the economy is going to tank, stop spending so yeah. much damn money. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, 
cut back on your spending. Maybe you can call my wife, Kevin. Maybe you can call my wife. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. <laughs> well, I got. I got to tell you, in uh, in in my household, I'm usually the one that's advocating for the spending. Lisa's the really, really disciplined one. So she uh, she keeps me in line when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm a little like you too, and that's a, that's a bad recipe when both of us are like that, my wife and I. And so me, it's like, oh, I, I think I need a new chrome bumper. <laughs> <It's> like what? <laughs> or a motorcycle? Maybe another motorcycle? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll we'll be fine. I can always go make more. That's always my approach. Yeah, exactly, and, uh, exactly. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, that's how I feel too. It, oh, it, it's the curse of the entrepreneur. Ha! Hell, I can always well, make the more money. Don't really worry the owner operator. Yeah. The owner operator, right? I mean, yep. I, that was you know we we make more than what we make because next week I'm going to have a good year, a good week. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh gosh. But uh, yeah. So anyway, I I uh, I do agree with you being it, it that I don't know if we can change this. I think we just got to change the people that will listen as far as health goes and diet and stuff like that. And hopefully it'll take root and your, your circle can get, you know, can manifest itself with other circles. And that's pretty much where we're at as far as health and diet go, I think. Yeah. You know, once we get this network up and running, which is a huge project for us, everything else had to be shelved for a while. I mean, I had a couple of big projects and, um, they just had to be put aside once we get this network up and running then you know on the on the trucking side of things we're pretty well set we've got a lot of great partnerships i'd like to find a couple more really good shops around the country because i think people are going to need that a lot um i would like to do more mechanical shows because i think people are going to do that a lot so i'm going to lean on you know pittsburgh power and mike beckett and some other people to help along those lines health wise um we're really going to create go out and create a lot of new partnerships you know, people who are out doing the same thing we're doing with with different tribes, and I think there could be strength right. in numbers. Right, I got you. I got you. Yeah, that that sounds. I mean, I'm I'm all in two feet. Don't care how deep the water is, but uh, um, <clears throat> I wanted to also uh, publicly say thank you to Dale uh, Howard. He he helped me out. I met a kid on the road here who is four months into this. He's running a, a, an e-log required truck with no e-log. He's, he's 90000 in debt, and he says he can't run for under 350 a mile. And I'm, I just shake my head because I'm sure there's more stories than not like that oh, right now. Yeah. And, and um, you know, and, and, and worst case, you know, he, not that he's just doing that. He's running the truck that was it's deleted. And oh, I'm like, boy. and he's having all kinds of, and I'm like, you know, you're really... You have two small kids at home. I said, you really need to rethink your direction, you know? So, but I yeah. can only, you know, if he asked me for, if he asked me for advice, I give him what I can. And I've made it, all those mistakes before, you know, I mean, 34 years out here. Is, I made a tremendous amount of mistakes, but is he, I learned. Is he part of our tribe and is he listening? No, he's not. I, I, <sighs> I, I steered him towards, I steered him towards your, your, your accounting software I, ste- I steered him towards your website, told him that there's a lot of good courses on there to help him succeed. I gave him my phone number. I said, you can always call me good. no matter what it is. I'll, I'll either return your call and I'll try to help you with what I can. Um, but, 
you know, I, it's just, um, we, you know, I, I, uh, and he's like, you, you think you'll think we'll make it another couple of years. I said, I don't know. Yeah. You know, you, you, you mentioned Dale Howard and I'm pretty sure this was his line. Um, and it's a really good line. You can lead people to knowledge, but you can't make them think. Yeah, that's definitely a good, yeah. I mean, I was just trying to see if, you know, the kid got stopped for a, a roadside check and they, they did a little more digging and saw he was on a paper log with a, a, a 2011 truck. Oh, boy. What was what was his, what was the worst-case scenario? I know there's going to be fines, but would they impound the truck? I And Dale said he didn't didn't really see that on the books, but he was going to look a little more. I don't know if he had Boy, time to do that yet or not, I, but, um, the, the e-log is one issue that's easily right. fixed though. I mean, you could argue that, uh, right. you know, I screwed up. I didn't understand. I'll fix it. And you can fix that right. pretty quick. If they dig deep and find the delete, he's in, he's got problems. Well, that's what I told him. I said, you're, you're not only that, once they start seeing that you're really completely out of order, they're going to start digging more yeah. things. Yeah. And I said, you know, I said, I said, you know, you're young, you don't want to have these issues. And of course he jumped in brand new in the trucking, brand new on operating. And he has his own authority. Oh boy. And he's paying all the, and he's paying all of these people to get them loads and, and factoring. And I'm like, you know, you need to, you know, I, I, I just thought of something because honestly, I sometimes I hate to admit this, but that was kind of my first year. I mean, I, the, oh, I, I, I would do anything not to get pulled over and inspected because I knew something was going to be wrong. I mean, I, I, I did not run yeah. a good business. I did, there was a lot of things wrong with my operation. You know what, though? Mm-hmm. It was a lot easier then. Things weren't nearly yeah. as, as complicated as they are now. You couldn't get in too much trouble back then. And uh, today, uh, you I've, know, honestly. I've had scale masters yell and berate me and let me go. Yeah. With an egregious blog book. You know, there's just too much that could go wrong for him right now that would put him out of business in a week. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I, so I, I hope he, uh, hope he took my words to heart and, and hopefully are going to make some changes for himself. I hope so. Um, I hope so. Well, yeah. thanks for trying. We need so, more people like that that are willing yeah, to well, help. I, I tell people, you know, uh, the best thing I can do is help the guy behind me, uh, to succeed. Um, you know, there you uh, go. and that's, you know, that's all I can do. I, I can't, I can't finance anybody, but I can help the guy behind me succeed. There you go. Good stuff. So, but anyway, uh, yeah, thanks for everything. Everyone have a great, safe Monday. And uh, we'll, I'll, I'll be hearing you on the radio while on the, uh, on the streaming hey, site. There you go. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. This will be maybe we're going to go to Seattle this time. Jeff, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for taking my call. What's hey, on your mind today? Thought it, well, you need to start a new show, too. They're kind of like 600-pound life, no surgery. You know. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but, no, I got a question for you on nuts, okay? 
something that I really want to talk to you about on the radio. But here in the last, well, I bought a big bag of pistachios at Costco a couple of weeks back, and I, you know, I made them last a week or a couple of weeks. I could, I could eat a bag oh. in a day if I let myself. <laughs> I know me but, too. But I, I was like, I was having, I, I wasn't having to run to the bathroom, but I had blue stools. Okay. And then, then I, I went through them and it's been about a week and I haven't had any almonds or, uh, the, the pistachios or anything and everything's, uh, turned back up. Is that, oh, is no, that the nuts doing that to me or is there something else? Well, it, it's the fat in the nuts. Okay. More than likely. I mean, you, you could have a weird reaction to any kind of food, um, but more than likely when I hear somebody that's eating, uh, and nuts are a pretty high-fat food. That's why we like them on keto. They're, you know, fairly low-carb yeah. as long as you don't eat the whole bag in one sitting, uh, and they're fairly high in fat, and they're tasty. And so, uh, but when I hear somebody's eating more of a high fat food than normal and it's messing with their digestion, it's usually just some fat digestion that needs support. Okay. Okay. Oh, let me make another quick comment. Not not on the nuts, but I was, I'm still eating dirty, you know, but I was in, I was in Walmart the other day and I usually buy their little one pound pack of, um, ground beef and so I, I looked over at their their grass fed and it was only like a few cents the grass fed was only a few cents more than what it was for the regular ground beef so I bought it and I and I was actually uh, you know okay is it grass finished I read on the back of the package it's grass finished and then I went to their website and it's a it's a ranch out of Utah that's producing that Anyway, okay. that's what they're claiming. Anyways, so I was kind of I was kind of surprised at that, and it was I overcooked it because it's you know oh, yeah. it's eighty twenty, but it seemed like it cooked a little little it, it does a little quicker I, I, than what the, I, I'm so. not sure why that is either, and that seems to be wild game is like that, and we always thought well it's because it's really lean, and that's part of it. But you're right, even if you do, I've done a seventy thirty, and and if it's you know, grass-fed and finished, it, you cook it differently. Yeah, yeah. And I have found a farm. Actually, I was wanting to go to work for him, but I just can't take the pay cut right now in Caldwell, Idaho. That's where I, down where I live. And uh, oh. But I'm going to be able to buy meat and eggs and stuff from them. Uh, McIntyre Farms or pastures or something like that. And they do. Excellent. They do the virginity farming and the and the ro- and the rotation and grass finish. Good. So Caldwell I'm is excited a, about that. That I've Caldwell's a regular pit stop for me when I travel because if I leave Oregon and I'm heading east, you know, a lot of times I'll head out that way on 84, and from my house yeah. to Caldwell's uh, six and a half, seven hours or so. It's a good first stop for me, and then usually on the way back, it seems to be a good last stop for me. So that RV park right there by the. Uh, by the truck stop, I've stayed in that place a lot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And their farm is just, I don't know if you're familiar with Lake Lowell, but it's kind of over on the south side of Lake Lowell. And it's, oh, okay. Uh, anyways, it was, it was kind of surprising, you know, it was, it was neat to be able to find them and yeah. whatnot. And yeah. They were talking to me about coming to work for them and 
doing, you know, driving and doing a, a lot of other stuff. But just right now, it's the timing's not good. Yeah. Hopefully next year, maybe. Maybe so. I can go out there because I'd like to end my career doing that. I'm 62 now, and, but it's sitting in the Seattle traffic is really making me aggravated. <laughs> oh, <But>. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah just... Oh, and also, I was, I was really... I was really pissed when they canceled your show, but, but I'm glad now I'm glad they canceled your show. I mean, it's probably not helping you financially right now, but what you're talking about doing is going to be so awesome. You know, the, you know, your new network. The, the good news is I, I, uh, I try really hard to take my own advice. Um, so financially, We've had several really good years, and I have to thank our tribe for that. They've been loyal. They've supported us. It's been awesome. But we've also tried to be really good stewards of that money, and we put ourselves in a position financially where we can go out and do all this now. And we're excited about it, too. Yeah. 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 I'm really looking forward to it. You know, and if it's 10, 20 bucks a month to subscribe, I'm going to be subscribing. Well, good. We (laughs) we appreciate it. So, okay. Thanks, Kevin. All right. Thanks for the call. All right. Let's uh, let's see. I have one more call. This is going to be the last. So, Angie, if you're listening, don't take any more calls. Uh, we're going to head off to California. Keith, welcome to the program. Good morning. What's on your mind today? Well, I sent you an oil sample, and I'm glad I... I, I lost my phone the other day or it broke and I lost track of you guys and I just got you hooked back up. So I was going to see if you could look at the oil sample. I sent it to let's, uh, to, yeah, I've got it here. Uh, um, let's see. We're missing a lot of information. What engine and what year? Right. It's a, it's an 18 MX 13. Um, the truck has 550,000 miles on it. Now the motor has about 150. Wait a they minute. They put a new motor in a while back. Oh, why? Um, there was a, a, a sensor that was that, a, a tab that held the sensor in that broke off and went through the motor and ended up in the oil pan. Ouch. So they okay. put a new long block in it at 350. At 350,000, they put a whole new long block. Okay. All right. So, um, I'm going to guess this is just a standard 1540 oil? Yes. Okay, Uh, because it doesn't say, but viscosity tells me that. You could have just about poured this oil sample out of a bottle. It's super clean. That's what I was thinking as well. Super clean. I mean, there is absolutely nothing to talk about other than maybe um, your base dropped. So, but that's common today and it's easy and you got 50,000 miles on it. We would expect the base to be a little low. You can either throw some lubrifier filters with base or you can use the uh, hot shot secret, but this oil looks like new. Okay. And a little bit of elevated is because of the catalyst, I'm assuming. On the, the, um, on the iron? That's not even elevated. That's almost yeah. low for 50,000 miles. Wow. Yeah. Well, I've been I've been using the catalyst. I haven't had any problems with any sensors or anything since I started using it. So keep, keep doing um, it. I'm because, very pleased with that. Yeah, because it you you one of the things the catalyst really helps with is good complete combustion. 
And when we burn the fuel completely, we don't get soot, we don't get a lot of the problems that come from that, and we can see that in this oil sample. Um, you have virtually no soot, no fuel dilution, no wear metals. I, I, it's Like I said, it's just really clean oil. So the engine they put in sounds really good, and the catalyst is helping. Right, and I just had a, um, the overhead done about, about uh, three, four weeks ago. So good, it, it's running really well. Yeah, well, you, I can tell that from the sample. Great engine. I wouldn't, wouldn't change anything right now. All right. Well, I appreciate your time and glad to get back connected with you. Well, glad to have you back. All right. We are going to wrap it up for today. We will see you back here tomorrow for the Power Hour. We've got lots to talk about. We'll see you then. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.